Do you find that your work gets the best of you and your family gets the rest of you? Check out this episode with CEO of Front Row Dads, John Froman. Like it or not, you, me, and everyone else, we all have a relationship with money. And for the most part, it's a complicated one. My name's Sean Maslick. Welcome to the Most Hated F-Word Podcast. As a certified financial planner, I want to take you on a journey as we throw out the technical finance books and shift our focus towards our minds, our money, and what matters most. If you're looking to improve your relationship with money and build true wealth, you're in the right spot. Finances does not need to be the most hated F word. What a great conversation this was. John is an insightful individual who started this phenomenal organization, Front Row Dads. John realized that his work was getting the best of him and his family was getting the rest of him and it was time for a change. As a parent of two kids, this conversation was inspiring for me as we talked about letting things go, refining where our energy is given, where we're spending our best hours of the day, and are we protecting our time for things that are important How can we take control of our time and take back our time? Hear how John is living life in the front row with front row dads. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Most Hated F-Word Podcast. Today, my guest is John Vroman. He is a husband and a father who also happens to be the founder of FrontRowDads.com and the host of a fantastic podcast, Front Row Dads. His mission is to help high-performing entrepreneurial men be family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. In addition to his business and family, John founded FrontRowFoundation.org in 2005, a charity that creates unforgettable moments for individuals who are braving life-threatening illnesses. Ten years later, he published The Front Row Factor to share everything you can learn about living from those fighting for it. And lastly, I found out John is was born in Japan. He's an ultra marathon runner. I'm a marathon runner, so I aspire to do that one day. <laughs> he believes in communities, or he believes that communities shape our realities and lives by the quote, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because the world needs, or because what the world needs is people who come alive. So John, welcome to the show. Sean, good to be here, buddy. I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and before we started recording, I kind of was sharing with you how I came across your podcast and it was timing is everything, I guess. And I really started hearing about your podcast in the early parts of 2020. And when the pandemic hit up here in Canada, everything got shut down on March 14th. I remember the day. And until that day, I had been telling myself a story for, oh God, 10, 12, 13, 14 years of as a businessman, I, I got to think about the business. I got to think about the business. And when our business got shut down, um, our family got shut down, daycares were shut down, my wife's uh, public health nurse, so she couldn't get shut down. And overnight, I had to go from a businessman to changing diapers, playing on the floor with toys. And I started listening to your podcast and the whole narrative started to shift. So I just want to thank you for the work you're doing uh, at Front Row Dads. And with that, I would like you to share your story because stories, I think, are so powerful. Like for centuries, we've passed on stories to preserve cultures and things like that. But when we drill down in a macro or micro level, we all have individual stories. And I think those stories really define the narrative of what we're telling ourselves. So can you share 
with our audience, what is John's story? How did you come to be uh, the founder of Front Row Dads? And maybe touch on some chapters that got you to where you are today. Yeah. And here's what I'll try to do. I'll, I'll challenge myself and I do this for the benefit of, uh, of the audience because I want to tell the story in a way I've never told it. Sure. Uh, I'll start with um, uh, a broken man with a big ego, right? Like that's where the story begins. A, a guy who is medicating himself with alcohol, a guy who is telling the world that, you know, family comes first, but he's not living that. Um, cause he doesn't even know it, right. Doesn't even, isn't even aware of how, of how much he's not doing for his family. A guy who wakes up and says, you know, I got to go make money. So business comes first and family comes at the end of the day and gets the scraps of that guy. You know, uh, it's a guy who finally made some cash you know, and, uh, and, and sort of gets to that point where you're like, all right, house, car, wife, kids, check, uh, eat at the fancy restaurant, check. But really? Like, okay. <laughs> is it another restaurant? Is that the deal? Is it, uh, what is it? And then you get to the point where, you know, part of the journey is it's community, it's relationships. And it's something that you've said for years, right? You, 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 it's a platitude that relationships are important, but it's not actually how your life is being lived. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in 2016, out of a place of desperation and need, I started Front Row Dads because I wanted to form the community that I wanted to be a part of. That was it. <laughs> I just And I, I had the skill set to do it. I had spent years in the space of organizing groups, putting on events, things like that. I was like, oh, I have the skill set to do this. I have great friends. Um, we're just not talking about the right things. You know, it's like the conversation that would happen with a dude. Now I'm going back to... So at this point, when I start this, I'm 41 years old. Okay. And for a decade of my life, it, it, our conversations with my best friends sounded like this. Hey, man, how's your family? Good, good. They're awesome. Ah, so good to hear. How's business? Yeah. Next hour. Right? That's what we talk about for the next hour. And look, a lot of it was me trying to build a business. So first, if you're out there listening and you're a young entrepreneur, I get it. They were calling to foreclose on my home. I was a hundred grand in credit card debt. Like I get it. And then I made a couple hundred grand and paid off the debt. I've know both sides of that coin. Um, but it is, it is, uh, it can be very tough when you're like they're calling to foreclose on your home and you have a one year old. Mm. That was that was my story. So of course we wanted to talk about business. I felt like it was literally like <laughs> basic human needs. But at some point, what happens is you meet those basic human needs, but you don't get out of the story, right? Because you now have a new habit. And the habit is I'm a businessman with a family. Because that's the habit you built to be able to get to the point where you had enough money but then you just keep riding that wave because it's alluring. Standing on a stage, people applauding you, standing in line to sign the book. Like that's all ego stuff, right? That's all like, I gotta figure out how to be great so other people want to pay me. And there's a point when um that just clicked where I'm like, that's not going to be my future. And I'm not painting a picture, by the way, of like every keynote speaker is terrible or mm-hmm. author. Like, I'm not, that's not it. That was just my own demons I was wrestling with. But now here we are, 
four years after our first front row dad gathering in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is where we had our first one, 30 guys. We have 200 members from six different countries and this is my full-time gig. And it's fun. It's fun, man. It's, I literally get to do uh, my favorite work all day long and help guys be family men with businesses. That's it. That, you know, I, I, I was getting a little bit of goosebumps as you're talking just because like I could hear it in your voice. I, I mean, I have the luxury to see you on the video right now and it's just you're real. And I, I get that on your podcast is you're real. You're, you're not trying to be someone like you were talking about earlier about the ego. And, um, and this brings to me a quote that a good friend of mine has always said to me is your life is your story and your story is your life. And the way you talked about like being successful in business became in habit is, I mean, I can relate to that is that you get to that certain level where those basic needs are met and it's just a habit it keeps going on autopilot. So, um, something that I really find that I hear on your podcast and in your story, I also hear the same, I guess, trend is this idea of congruency. So that's where we, we have these values or these core truths or core beliefs. And in business, we plaster them on the wall at home. We might put them in our journal, but a lot of times, and I speak from experience, if someone followed me around or others with a GoPro on their head, there'd be a, an, they wouldn't be in alignment with what my actions are doing versus what am I telling myself? And totally. what, I, what I've learned is like that lie to herself is one of the most damaging lies. Mm. So you, you talked about the kind of, in your story, you mentioned a bit, there's some incongruency in your, in your prior story. And what are some things that um, helped you become more in alignment with that idea of congruency? Mm. Man, you know, I I, you know why I love this question, Sean, is that uh, it's really fun to reflect on the the growth that has been very very painful <laughs> over time. <laughs> but uh, but I am proud of of you know the battle, if you will. Um, although I don't like that, I don't always like that analogy of like a battle or a war or any of that. I I really think of it as uh, you know it's an experience, um, it's an adventure. And that comes with pain, you know, and pain can lead to purpose. Um, let, me th- let me breathe into this for a second. So what helped me to become more aligned? I'll give you a couple things recently, like this year. Uh, here's what's helped. One is silence, pausing, um, less you know, one of my good friends and a member of our group, Jeff Woods, he runs the training company for The One Thing, yeah. very popular book by Jay Papazan, Gary Keller. And one of the things he's shared multiple times is that working harder is often the lazy approach. <laughs> and this year was a, was a year about really being decisive, was really understanding what did I want, what, it, what felt right you know, one of my good friends, Tim Nikolive, um, quotes uh, one of his mentors, Jim Dethmer, by saying, you know, when he makes decisions, he really checks in with his body, like even to the point where he puts his hand over his heart when he's making a decision. And he's like, what is my body telling me? And if it's not a full body yes, then it's a no. So it's like, it's really being quiet enough or still enough or aware enough to be able to know what your gut or your heart or your body is telling you to do. And so many of the decisions that I've made this year have been in alignment with what my body is telling me to do. Now, I got to tell you, man, going back, how long ago is this? 
14 years ago, I hired a coach. And at the time, by the way, I'm a 30-year-old dude starting this charity. And I remember paying this coach like $400 an hour at 30 years old. Just, you know what I mean? And it's like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, paying this coach 400 bucks an hour. And I remember one of the things she was saying, and I love this woman, by the way, her name's Fima Zanke. So shout out to Fima Zanke. She's a phenomenal coach. In fact, what's so funny is her company is phenomenal. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, she... I remember her saying like, where do you feel that in your body? And I was so in my head that I was like, I don't even know what you mean. Where do I feel that in my body? Like if you feel anger, do you feel it in your shoulders, in your stomach? Is it, you know, where do you... And I'm like, I, don't, I was so disconnected that that sounded insane to me. That sounded too woo-woo bullshit. You know, like, dude, just give me the strategy. Tell me the word. What's the step I need to take? Don't tell me to feel into my body. And yet here I am 45 years later, Getting, understanding my ego, understanding the protecting that you want to do for your heart and how, you know, you, you, you create this exterior to guard, you know, this little inner boy that doesn't want to be hurt, that just wants to be loved, that needs very needy and needs attention and needs to be told he's awesome and like (laughs) all this stuff. And, I think that part of what happened this year that allowed me to make some big decisions like, okay, so I started the charity 15 years ago. Let me give you a practical example of what I'm talking about. 15 years ago, I started the charity. We've raised millions of dollars. We have a great team, a staff. And a lot of my identity was wrapped up in this charity. felt like a child to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I have the logo tattooed on my arm, like Mm -hmm. type of commitment. And I realized this year, I, I, I was like, I'm being a, more of a moment maker for other people through my charity than I am for my family. That's, that's what's happening. And I hired somebody to run the charity. I totally let go. I worked for the last decade to get myself to the place where I was a $30,000 keynote speaker. And I spent a decade trying to master that craft. And then I overnight decided I wasn't going to be a public speaker anymore. Wow. And I was going to go all in on front row dads. And it was like a lot of these things, right? Like I, I love good beer. I love Belgian beers. I love good wine. I love a cognac after dinner. And two years ago, I woke up one morning. I'm reading a book that I was just reading to, as part of a challenge. You know, to, uh, It was called The 30-Day Sobriety Solution. And it wasn't necessarily a book about kicking alcohol. It was about just giving it up for 30 days and then checking your values and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and really, like, are you living in alignment with your values? And I remember reading this book and I got to this page where it was talking about values. And I looked at it. And I was like, what do I really value? And what am I really doing? And then I just, in an instant, I'm not... Sean, it was like that morning I said, I think I'm done drinking. Like, like done, done. Like it feels mm-hmm. like I spent 43 years of my life drinking. I probably drank enough for three people and I'm done. And that was two years ago. Wow. And that was two years ago. And it was the best decision I've made because at 45, I'm the healthiest I've been. I'm the sharpest I've been mentally. Um, and I'm, and I feel awesome. I remember putting my kids to bed, Sean, trying to get them to go to bed faster because my beer was getting warm. Mm. And I remember thinking about how fucked up that was. Sorry, I don't even know if I can curse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's like how how terrible I felt inside as a dad that like I was like just go to sleep but really in my heart I'm like I my beer is getting warm yeah. like that's just what so that's what's happening right over a period of time decision after decision of what I was removing from my life not even adding in my 20s were a lot about adding shit in my 30s were even a lot about adding stuff in. In the last five years, it's been about cutting things out and refining where I want to give my time and energy. Not walking into a room and trying to know everybody, but know somebody. Mm. And not try to serve everyone through the charity and dads and speaking and all these things, which is really what I realized as I've matured as a man was just me trying to feel worthy in the world. So that's how I'm finding alignment decisiveness, cutting things out, saying no, refining, giving myself a chance to feel. Because as a person who pursues adventure, silence is like torture for me. (laughs) I'm scared of myself and my own thoughts at times. So I just stay busy to try to numb that. And it doesn't work. Oh, man, that's... uh... It's such a good answer. Such a good answer. And... I love that idea of feeling yourself and taking time to, like you're saying, like feel what's going on inside of you. And I think I love it because I, I some of the things you say, I just like, holy shit, I was doing things like keeping busy. That's my whole idea. I identity was wrapped around people saying, wow, Sean, you're so busy. How do you right. do it? And I'm like, yeah. And then I realized how dysfunctional that was and how it was a, like a distraction for me actually feeling my emotions. And I was actually referred to a coach four years ago, uh, James McPartland, who uh, I still work. He's amazing out of the U.S. And um, is he a Tony coach? No, I don't know. I don't no, think so. Tony Robbins? No, I don't. I know that name. James. The, he goes by Mac. James McPartland. It, it awesome. might. I might be confusing him with somebody else, but I, I got to look that up later because I'll remember his face. Oh, okay. I was I was in the Tony Robbins organization for a while. So oh, okay, anyway, keep going. Sorry. But he, uh, the first day he's like, so a, a really good, um, someone who I really looked up to referred him to me. And so I'm like, oh, I better get coached. I played sports my whole life. I'm like, makes sense. But I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So our first session, I'm like, I don't really know what I need coaching on, but I think this is a good idea. And he just like chuckled. And by the 30 minutes in, I was crying and like, okay, I need to talk to you every day. <laughs> and it was that guard, it, like to what you said is I just had an ego that walled up my feelings. And once I started feeling emotions, when he asked me, what emotions are you feeling? Huh? How do I feel an emotion? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm in trouble. But yeah. that, I, that, that's why your, your response just speaks so much to me. And um, the other thing I want to just mention is I had a, a couple on here. I met this awesome musician from Hawaii who does these instant anthems. And we brought him on a couple of these podcasts. And we do like these financial psychology-based purpose questions with couples and they um they answer and talk about them and he sits in the background and writes and performs a live song that's amazing right on the spot but this one couple talked about if you their their whole tagline was if you desire less less you can have so much more and that just kind of made me think about what you were talking about when you're bringing yourself in alignment so hey by the way on that note um there's a great show on netflix right now by 
the are they called the minimalists like it's yeah. two dudes yeah 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 Joshua and i can't remember his uh his best friend's name but it, it's something like less is more or mm. less is less less is now something to that effect but i think if you type in minimalist to netflix you'll get there and it's awesome dude it got me really inspired about cleaning stuff out of our house and just having less things to pull at your attention it's really cool Nice. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, so something that I've heard you talk about, and I mean, I've got two kids, four, a two and four-year-old. And when you were talking about that beer, like my whole body was like, oh man, like whether it was a beer or something else, how many times have I done that? Just go to sleep. And so like we talked about, I'm in the financial world. I, my, my, I evolve around um, money, but a lot of my conversations are on money stories now. But the whole friggin' idea of money and retirement is so crazy because like we, we work so hard, grind our bodies so then that we can retire and have time. But I'm putting my kid to bed and I have time. So that whole concept made me think of a quote I've heard you once say is, uh, you're going to have to correct me here, but I'd like you to speak about it. Um, I, I give my best so, and then my family gets the rest of me. Something yeah. something like, and it's just like when I thought about that, I'm like, oh man. So can you touch on what you mean by that? Yeah. You know, this goes back to, um, for sure priorities. You know, when I had this breakthrough that, you know, one of the big aha moments was somebody had asked me what I do and it was at a party when I know, I know what they meant. They were asking professionally what I did. And I started to answer like I always do. Um, and then I interrupted myself and I told them that I was a, a dad and a husband and then some other stuff. Mm. I remember their response was like, that's awesome, man. Like, that's really cool. And I, <laughs> And I, and, and I might've even said it at the time. I don't remember. I remember that part, but how I felt was like, yeah, I might've just said that, but that's definitely not true. And I remember looking at my computer, my desktop, you probably heard me tell this story because it's part of our origin story where there was a folder for everything. There was a folder for all the stuff except for my family. I had, I had core values for the business. I had a mission, a vision. I thought about all those things. I had a staff organizational chart. I had a meeting agenda for our next board meeting. But something's weird about looking at your meeting agenda for the staff and saying, I'm going to put 30 minutes into thinking about how to make that awesome. And yet we think that our job as a dad is to just show up at the dinner table and just eat food. Be like, what's up? Like, How how do we say that our family is the most important thing when we put 30 minutes into like, you know... Um, that, that all became very clear to me. Then the other part was like the morning time I used to tell my wife, I said, look, I'm, she's stayed home with the kids and I was trying to build a business. And I remember saying to her, I need to build the business. My best hours are in the morning until I had come to grips with the fact that I was like, okay, so if my best hours are in the morning, then why are they going to the business? (laughs) Right. And what you can easily sell yourself on is, well, I provide. But the truth is, Sean, like, here's what's a fact for me. And I know enough guys to know it's true for other guys too, because they've told me what's true for me is I loved going to work. Hmm. There's not the secret that's not a secret any longer is (laughs) I loved getting out of the house. I love not dealing with the shit of the morning routine with the kids. I loved being able to go sip a coffee and read a book and call it work 
or <laughs> get on the phone with a client and be in like, I'm coaching somebody, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever it was, whatever I'm crafting my next speech, but all I'm doing is surfing the internet, learning about shit I care about. And a lot of it was just a smoke screen for the fact that I felt very incompetent as a father. People are yelling and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop them from yelling. And this is annoying. You know, people are begging and they're negotiating and they're little terrorists, you know, that are right. It's like, you know, there's 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 a difficulty to that that if you're not willing to address it, and most businessmen, myself included, have read a thousand books on business and one book on parenting. So how good do you think you're gonna be? Right? How good are you going to be? Most guys are struggling in their marriages. And the reason is that they've read six books on leadership and no books on marriage. Mm-hmm. If you're not studying it and you're not engaging with it, then how great is it going to be? You know, a lot of times we're treating our, our team or even the barista at the coffee shop better than we're treating our spouses. You know, I've done it the same thing. I literally remember being in a drive-thru one time and I'm yelling at my wife, acting like a total asshole. And then the barista, you know, through the drive-thru is like, hello, can I help you? And I'm like, hello, hi, how are you? Right? It's like, and then as soon as we pull away, I'm like, back to my wife. (laughs) You know what I mean? And there's just these moments of awareness where what you realize is that your work gets the best of you and the family gets the rest of you. And that is not going to be a good model. What we're going to end up with is a society of people who are wealthy and unhappy and have more shit than they've ever had in the history of humanity and are the most unhappy they've ever been because they're burned out working, trying to keep up with their neighbors, trying to buy the latest shit that Facebook's advertising to them on because they're listening to their needs on, on Alexa. And you're in this mill of being advertised and sold and manipulated. And we need to bow out of that in many ways and get back to what really matters, which is show up to your family, turn off your devices, get plugged in emotionally and get dirty with the whole thing because it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And then get yourself around some dudes and you don't have to join Front Road Ads to do it. We have a great framework for it. We have a great group. You can just get around some dudes. You don't need to join our group. Mm-hmm. You want to join our group? Great. But just get around some dudes and have honest dialogue about what's going on. Hey, man, how's your family? Great, great, great. Everything's great. Really? Mm-hmm. Give me like the real answer. Don't give me the... T- like, I want the 15 minute. Give me the best thing going on. Give me the most painful thing going on. I want to dig in. Do we need to talk about this? Most men aren't talking about this. We need to talk about this. Let's be different. Right, like that's what we need, in my opinion, and that's you know, just what I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you you come with so much transparency and very authentic, and I think that really, really touches me because so much of what you're saying is just rings so true to myself because those things are just your story. I guess evoking my story, and it's sad to think about it those ways. Like you. Yeah. The whole idea of building a business and working so that I can have some time later, but I've got the time right now with my family. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, that like famous story about the fisherman. I was just going to bring that up. (laughs) It's like the greatest story. It's kind of becoming like the starfish story, but it's like, it's the greatest story because look, do I want to have resources? Sure. Do I want to be financially free? Of course I do. 
Um, I'm just not willing to sell my life to get it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and so this brings something that like my, my, I guess, perspective or my philosophy around money has changed so much. And it's always this, this time versus money push pull. And of course, like, again, going back to work, we need to make some sort of money to pay for our basic needs. Many people were way past those basic needs and we can't get out of that habit that you're talking, you talked about earlier. And I see it all the time in the research within like the financial psychology industry, just it's overwhelming that everyone's heard that stat about after a certain amount of money, there's no direct correlation between how much money you make. We know that one. And but some interesting ones that are coming out is that people with like above $10 million of liquid net worth, they're, they're actually reporting 25 to 30% more likelihood to become depressed because they've got to this level. They have what they aspired for. They sacrifice all this time. They're like, mm. holy shit, it wasn't worth it. Look what I gave up. So I want to read a quote and get your thoughts on it. It's from... Um, it's from Seneca and it's just so, it speaks to me so much. And I would like to get your perspective from, I guess, John's story in his life. So no person would give up an inch of their estate and the slightest dispute with their neighbor can mean hell to pay. Yet we easily let others encroach on our lives. Worse, we often pave the way for those who will take it over. No person hands out their money to pass buyers, but how many do each of us hand out our lives? We're tight-fisted with property and money, yet too little of us are too little about wasting time. The one thing which we should all be the toughest misers on. Mm. So based on John's story and your experiences, how do you navigate this time versus money? I know you've kind of talked on, touched on it, but... Yeah. but no, I, I like it. I can give more examples of it. Here's a practical example too. Because I think sometimes we talk in all these theories that sound like platitudes. Um, here's what that practically looks like for me right now. I don't book anything on Monday or Friday. I don't book anything before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. Uh, the only time that I will schedule a podcast interview and you right now, this is falling into that time, is Monday, Wednesday, Thursday between 10 and 4. That's it. Um, Monday is map it out Monday. I just want time to think. I want to map things out. I want to make sure that I can measure twice and cut once. Friday is follow up Friday. I realized I was getting exhausted from all the open loops that I had, all the open projects, all the you know to dos. I actually needed to systematically find a way to shut down my creative brain. Like I'm an number one on Strengths Finder is ideation for me. I come up with ideas like they're go, you know like <laughs> ten a day. Uh, and I need to be able to manage myself in that process. So I need a follow-up day to just button things up. And I don't do anything on the weekends. And to me, um, it forces me to get better at what I'm doing with work. It forces me to create systems. It forces me to uh, think about running a business and not giving myself a job. Right. So I, I believe that a lot of this came by way of necessity. I mean, look, my wife was going to leave me. My kids weren't going to know me. Um, I was going to hate myself if I continued down the path that I was on, which I kept telling myself the lie that if I just work harder and sacrifice more, that I'll finally get there. Now, I do want to be clear about something, that this is a lifestyle that I live now, but I also work very, very hard too. I woke up at 3 a.m. multiple times in 2020, where I worked between 3 and 6.30 when my kids woke up and I did it happily, by the way. I loved that time. 
I love my business. I really, really do. And I would happily work... Like If my family went on their own adventure on a Sunday, I would happily work on the business on a Sunday. So I want to be clear that like I will pour as much into the business as I possibly can because it is like a hobby for me. It's, it's like your love, whatever, <laughs> bowling. You just want to keep doing it, getting better at it, do it with your friends, hang about it, talk about it. I'm obsessed with this business right now. And it's good. It's healthy to do that. But I do need systems and accountability to make sure that people can't get into my time. Right. So I say no a lot. I politely decline invitations for like, can I pick your brain? Hey, I love that. Thank you. And most of the time when I respond back and say, um, why don't you fire off like a question or two on email a couple weeks from now and I'll try to get to that and then we'll see where it goes. Almost nobody follows up mm-hmm. that way. So I have systems in place that allow me to protect my time. And um, I don't respond to text messages from a lot of people, even though they they think like... And I'll be pretty forward with them. I'm like, hey, um, can you please email me about, about this? I only really do family and emergency stuff on my cell, on my text. So I shut down text messages all the time. Um, you know, and push that to email because I can delegate the email because somebody else can check it because I can flag it and follow up on it. I feel the reason so many people check text messages is you just found a way to interrupt their life all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of that. So I'm going to take control back of my time because that is the most valuable thing in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the... from a, <laughs> I'll bring the money analogy in here. It's the most forgotten asset class. We always talk about stocks, bonds, equities, but ourselves is like the biggest and most, I guess, valuable asset class. And it just, we don't even talk about it. It's so like, to me, it's baffling that the financial world, we just, we never talk about like, how are you doing? Mm. (laughs) The person who's producing that income, we just don't even talk about how you're doing. So I I love that answer. And I love how I snuck into your your inbox and we got this on (laughs) (laughs) that I, 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 I was, um, I, your system, I experienced that because when I first, did I push messaged, it back? Yeah. No, no, no. When, I, when, <laughs> when I first messaged you, you're like, Hey, I got too many things going on. Check back in the fall. Oh, and, there you go. And I so, check okay. back in the fall and you're like, sure. So now, you know, I'm not just telling you a bunch of shit on the show. Yeah, I know. Um, and I, so I want to go on to something else, but I meant to touch on this earlier. When, when you were talking, I heard you on a podcast talking about the folders on your desktop. Yeah. <laughs> I like minimize my screen. I'm like, what does mine look like? And yeah. I had one folder that says Lewis Bruce Springsteen. And I, I emailed you about this way long ago at the beginning of the year when I said, Hey, I love you. Get on. But like that was at the time when I was becoming like the full-time dad and we were sitting at home and I love Bruce Springsteen and my son, we've been jamming to Bruce Springsteen, but we made a music video of Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was the one folder my kids on the, fo- on the, um, that's cool. Computer. So thanks for, again. Uh, that was at the front row dad time when I found it. That oh, that's fun. I remember that now. That's cool. yeah. Um, all right. So now I just got Springsteen on my head, and uh, I got to remember where we're going on this. Oh yeah. yeah. So I I love how much you talk about your kids and spending time with your kids, and like for me as being a father, I just it relates to me. Like it just lights me up when I get to spend time. We walk to daycare every day now. We ride our bikes, our cross country ski now because there's so much snow where we are. <laughs> um, but let's see yourself. I seen you did a TEDx talk, but let's fast forward ten years. How, how old's your youngest kid? 
Uh, my youngest is six. Six. So ten years from now, youngest is um, sixteen. Sixteen. Say you're doing a TED TED conference calls you up. You're doing a you're doing this chat in front of ten to fifteen thousand people, whatever it is, and it's a unique one because your kids get to introduce you. How do you think they would introduce their dad, John, to come up on stage, and what would they say about their dad? Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take an easy out on this one because two days ago I'm on a podcast and was I don't remember if I was being interviewed or I was interviewing someone, but the guy who I was talking to, um, uh, I remember. Here's the point. I remember what Tiger said. And Tiger walks into my office and I made a, I made also a goal this year of not closing my door a lot. Like right now my door is open and there's high likelihood that my kids are about to come home and they come <laughs> say hi on the show. And I just thought, you know what, rather than um, thinking like my kids are interrupting my work, what if I look at it like my work is interrupting my kids? Good reframe. <laughs> you know? And so I said, I'm just going to leave my door open. Like I'm even, I'm not even going to get upset about it anymore. Cause I remember I was writing signs and putting stuff out there. Like, you know, trying to figure out the green light, red light, yellow light system. Like, I'm like, at some point I'm like, let them come in, let them say hi, like whatever it may be. Well, Tiger walks in and Tiger's 11. And the guy said to Tiger, Hey, in your words, what does your dad do? And he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something to the effect of he helps men, you know, to succeed at home, you know, with their families to be better dads. And then he said, and, uh, and he said, and my dad isn't just the founder. He's also a client. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dude, I was like, I, I literally, I just hugged him so hard. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I couldn't be any more proud of that answer. Like, um, and not even proud of it, but uh, happy that the message that I hope he gets is I'm a work in progress. And while I may be the founder of this, he knows I started it. He also knows that I participate in it like I'm a client of this, that I am learning as much as any guy in this group every single day. I'm eating it up. We have a push-up challenge going on right now that I'm in. We just did a water fast that I participated in. We had a do something nice for your wife challenge last year. I participated in that. Like My family is reaping the benefits of this brotherhood as much as any other member of this group. And somebody also said to me... And uh, so that's my answer to your question. But I want to add to that that somebody said to me recently. They said, you know, John, what's different about your group than so many of the other groups out there is that you're not positioning yourself as the guru. You're not positioning yourself as the thought leader that has all the ideas that's constantly... And by the way, I'm not poking at anybody that is that smart or that brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. not that guy. <laughs> like, I'm, not, you know, I'm not Tony Robbins and I'm not a lot of these people that I love and look up to and learn from. I am a guy who helps people build friendships. I am a guy who's creating a community that allows men to learn from other genius men in the group and not me. So I am not the center point of this community. I am a guy who's helping to connect people together because the wisdom is in the group. The wisdom is in the homes and of, of these men where everybody has something they're doing great. They got lots of things they're not doing great, but everybody, if they bring their best idea to the table, now we got 200 amazing ideas 
And that's way better than anything I could ever write and speak about or give a talk on or anything like that. So my job is to not bring one big idea from John Vroman, but 200 ideas from all of our members, bringing their best idea and, and helping that get to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a, what a good... like The impact that you're having with this, 200 people, 200 men bringing those ideas and together, it's just... It's that, I guess it's that old saying of if I have an apple and you have an apple and we exchange, we each have two apples. Already, we still each have an apple, but if I give you my apple, we each, you have two apples, so, so do ideas. So your ideas are just multiplying. And yeah, I think what you're doing is just fabulous because for too long, dads, we, we have this, this mask of yeah, work, 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 emotions. I don't feel emotions. Like you talked about that beer and you're just, you're speaking to all of our souls. I mean, well, okay. I can't say everyone. You're speaking to my soul. And I think it's so powerful what you're doing. So why don't you, let's talk a bit more about front row dads. Um, I, I, I saw on your event. So I have to say, uh, I signed up and I didn't do a good job following up. And that was on me. But I'm re-engaged and I'm signed up on the 21st. I see you guys have your virtual event. Yeah, man. So Welcome I legacy, I, dude. That's your crew right there. And I'm signing up after this podcast because uh, I, I just love what you're doing. But so for, for someone who... We've talked a lot about front row dads, but I guess if someone listening... What would you say to them about front row dads? I know you've talked about your mission. Um, what would you tell that person? And maybe even about this um, conference coming up on the 21st. Maybe explain what that, that one is. Let's start there. I would, I, would tell somebody that, uh, um, I would tell somebody that if they value being a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family, that they should come hang with us. Uh, I would tell them that there's three things that guide all of our decisions, relationships, resources, and results. So how do we connect amazing guys to other great people for great resources, right? You have a question, we want to get you an answer so that we can track and measure the things that aren't normally getting tracked from most men in the world today. Track a lot of KPIs for our business, but not for our family. So how do we quantify success as a family man? We have six pillars of Front Row Dads that guide our conversations throughout the year. January and February are wealth and legacy. And then we traverse through and journey through the other five pillars over the course of the year. So every 60 days, we rotate a pillar from intentional parenting to thriving marriage, vibrant health, uh, emotional intelligence, business mastery or business evolution, right? Like how do we scale our businesses so that we can have more time freedom? We, We work on these six pillars throughout the course of the year. And so that's what we do. We have training calls, we have small groups, we have things online and offline. We cater to the needs of high-performing men. The January 21st event that we have coming up is... uh, I'm so fired up about because our facilitator is a guy named Steve Burchard, who's one of the top facilitators in the world. And he works with a method called Exchange which is a appreciative inquiry based method. So what is good and how can we ask better questions so that we can get better answers? This method uh, applied to the work that we're doing with, I think we have 64 men signed up as of today. And that's our highest number to date, by the way. We're still you know, in a very early stage of growing. It's just going so fast and so well. Um, but at the right pace, because it's being built the right way with the right guys. And four dudes are going to be like highlighted in this summit. 
And it's not sit and listen the whole day. It's like, get it done, right? Like time to work, time to get mm-hmm. a plan in place. Justin Donald, who just wrote The Lifestyle Investor, you know, massively successful investor, family guy, good friend of mine. David Osborne, who wrote the book Wealth Can't Wait, New York Times bestselling author is going to be there. All these guys are members of our group, by the way. Will Duffy, tax strategist, uh, and Adam Stock, financial investor, one of the top in the country, just epic dudes. And you can read about them frontrowdads.com slash summit. You can see their bios. You can see the agenda for the day and you can sign up right there. And obviously, if you become a member of Front Road Ads, you get a discount. And if you become a Summit Series member of Front Road Ads, you come for free. So all that is available at frontroadads.com if somebody's got an interest in it. Awesome. And what's a Summit? Um, So the free one, if you become a Summit member? Yeah. So we have a Summit Series membership. So we have a, you can join the brotherhood. That's kind of level one, let's call Mm -hmm. it just joining the brotherhood and you get access to what we call the vault, which is all of our replays, uh, membership directory, you know, resources, member map, the whole thing. Like you get plugged into this online center access to our private Facebook group. And then when you, uh, and and you can be in a band, which is a small group uh, that meets usually monthly for a couple hours. You can then become a Summit Series member. So we made it a no-brainer financially for guys to say yes to this. And then they get to come to all six summits throughout the course of the year. And if they can't come, they can just give their ticket to a friend. So the Summit is a one-day event, like 9 to 5 type of deal. Really 9 to 4. And it's incredibly engaging. Last one, we had 50 guys were there and they rated it a 9.7 out of 10. Um, And these are guys that spend a lot of time on Zoom. And sometimes you're like, don't give me another Zoom call. But this is very different, very engaging, very activating. And so that's the Summit Series. And then we have a VIP level and we have a legacy level. So as guys get more and more involved, they can come to some of our live events. They can can get involved um, more and more deeply. They can grow Mm -hmm. with us. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I am going to be coming to that event and anyone listening awesome. who this, anyone listening who some of this spoke to them, like your words, your stories, again, it evokes my own story. And that's what I think, that's what I think really I, I appreciate about the way you tell stories, the way you interview people is like, back to how we open this, we all have our own individual story. And I guess our, our life journey is navigating those individual stories. And there's so many times that these external things such as money distract us from our stories. But I think the more we hear people talking about their authentic stories, their struggles, because man, everyone struggles, but we put on this persona that we don't struggle. But the more stories that I hear from people in your podcast, the more it helps me, I guess, center and become more aware of my own story. So I think that's what I really draw out of the front row dads is just evoking my own story in this life and not being afraid of saying like, Oh man, it's hard. Or I, I haven't always been there for my kids and, and be sitting with that emotion and just being like, okay, what can I do differently? So I, that's what I get out of your, your podcast and all your work. And I, I really appreciate that. Thanks, John. Appreciate what you're up to. As we're coming to an end, I have a, a, a question that I tend to ask uh, most of the guests and it's around money and our story that we have in life and and more so our relationship with money. So let's fast forward 90 years old. Uh, You're 90 years old, sitting on that front porch, overlooking wherever you are. I think you live in Austin. Mm -hmm. 
maybe at 90, you're not, maybe you're in Canada by then, uh, looking at a snowy field, uh, wherever you are, you're just sitting there looking out on your front porch and you decide to write a legacy letter to your, your children's children about how you saw life and navigating your life story with the relationship you had with money and time. So not the uh, most yes or no question, but what do you think that letter would entail? Yeah, I actually, I love this exercise. And the truth is I could do this, you know, I could do this every day. I could do this once a week and still feel great about just sitting with that thought, picturing myself writing a letter to my kids' kids about the impact of, or the intersection of, of, uh, of time and money. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And you relate time, money, your relationship with money on your overall story. Um, you know, it's so interesting, man, because all of these cliche things to say are, are probably cliche for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Um, when I think about it, I, I, for me, a lot of it comes back to just trusting yourself. I think the theme of it would be something to the effect of that everything you need is within you now. You know that uh, I, you know, and I've come to grip, come to understand that as a community of men, we've asked our guys questions about like if there's just one thing you can teach kids, what would it be? If you could get one thing right, and everybody's got a unique answer to that, but. I think the theme of all their answers has been something to the effect of, you know, you've got what it takes, yeah, that yeah. It, it's within you. Um, that even if you believe if it's a God thing, it's like that God lives within you, right? Or that, uh, that you, there is an inner genius. There is an inner champion. You are put here for a reason. There is good in you. You are not broken right? You're worthy of success. There's something about in that letter that hopefully I would take time to craft and be very thoughtful with my words or however I would be communicating it that has to do with the fact that the wisdom is within. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would want to communicate. I love it. It's yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll craft that letter. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> Well, right. John, we're coming up to our time. Or I'll just send him this podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> transcribe, team. Yeah. Transcribe. Um, I want to respect your time. We did talk a lot about time. So, um, uh, yeah, I want to respect that time. So, Thank you. why don't you tell people where they can find you, uh, websites, your book, yeah. um, books, I guess you have two. So, the floor is yours. Yeah, floor is cool, yours. man. Thank you. Uh, everything that we're working on right now is at frontrowdads.com. So I would just go there. And uh, if anything catches your eye, then then travel down that road. If I had to guide you when you get to frontroadads.com, I would say, go to the podcast page and check out the top 10 podcasts that we have listed there. Because I think that's a great place to begin. We have some incredible shows with some you know, profound humans. So check them out. And uh, thank you, Sean, for this time, man. Really appreciate you. Um, yeah, I look forward to following your work as well. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it. I mean, we've talked a lot about it. Time's one of those things we never get back. So I can't, I guess, pay you back for your time, but we can always pay it forward to others. So thanks so much, John. I really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. 
That was such an awesome conversation. I really enjoy hearing John's perspective on living life in the front row. Please head over to John's podcast, The Front Row Dad, and also check out his website, Front Row Dads, as he has some great content on the website and phenomenal guests on his podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, The Most Hated Effort, please help us out and head over to Apple and rate the podcast and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Until next time, have a great day.